Yo, what up? What this up, is man? Jay Hen. I'm with my partner LJ. Yo, this is On Wax, the podcast, episode five. What's happening, B? What up, man? It's kind of late, man. We just got done watching uh, a lot of sports today. We just got done watching the uh, Triple G fight. I'm ready to do this? How you doing, man? Man, we're good. Yeah. Who we got with us? We got my special guest in the building. He was watching the Triple G fight with Uh-oh. me. Uh-oh. He has this Lion Life movement. My partner Chris. What it do, baby? Yo, what up, fellas? It's Chris, a.k.a. Dynasty. What? How y'all doing today, fellas? I appreciate y'all having me on board. For sure, man. We've been trying to get you on for a while, man, for sure. Glad to have you on, man. So let, sure. me give you a little, let me give you a little background on Chris Ellis. Uh-oh. He's from, born and raised in San Antonio, the biggest Spur fan I know. San, say town. And he said that when it comes to the Spurs and Kawhi Leonard, he wants to put us on wax. <laughs> Oh or, damn! Or you know what? Better yet, he wants to put me on wax. Yeah, it's, it's about time that someone. I have put a you couple topics for him. I know this is gonna be a good episode. You're not gonna want to miss out on this. Yeah, for sure, it's gonna be a good episode, man. Especially, you know, we have a lot of passionate Spurs fans out there. I'm a passionate Spurs fan. Spurs actually played today. Um, I didn't like the outcome. I'm sure that Chris didn't like the outcome. So, <laughs> but yeah, man. But anyways, uh, before we jump into it, man, um, uh, how was your day, man? It was pretty good. Like I said, uh, we we were very productive. Grandma's birthday had all my kids with me. Got to see my dad. Really good day. Nice. Okay. Got to see Eddie. I haven't seen Eddie in a while. Good. That's crazy cool, Eddie. That's a crazy son bitch. Yeah, that's crazy. That's that's a crazy man right there. Yeah, man. It's what been about a... you, Chris Ellis? How'd man, you do, man? I had a pretty good day. Uh, went out to San Marcos. Ate some good some good food out of Pluckers. Hit up the outlet. Pluckers. Came back to. Yeah, man, got some plucker wings. Love pluckers. And then, uh, shout out back to John's out here with his barbecue, famous Texas barbecue. <laughs> Just grubbing and watching sports today. Yeah, man. Lot, lots of, lots of sports. Lots of sports. What we covering first, man? So one thing I want to cover first is the Triple G fight. Oh, we just got done watching. Triple G won by majority decision, 12th round. It was the first decision he's had in forever right 30 fights yeah yeah it's a, it's a, it's only his third decision in his career of 37 fights so Damn. typically where we were wanting a knockout it went to decision chris you got to watch the fight with your boy how did you see the fight did you agree with the decision i did agree with the decision man it was a toe to toe fight two you know two lines going at it uh, Daniel Jacobs really, really impressed me. Yeah. Um, I'm used to seeing Triple G knock out, knock them guys out, and you know, three, four, five rounds. So I was really impressed with the fight. Right. Yeah. That's LJ, a- you watched the fight tonight. What do you think that's about a- it, man? Chris, I agree with you. Um, I do agree with the decision, but uh, it was uh, uh, okay. Maybe I don't agree totally with, with the decision for a few reasons. One, because I think Daniel Jacobs was the most active boxer. And uh, Triple G did a good job of uh, closing off the ring, put him in the corners. But uh, Jacob did such a good job of, uh, of uh, using his jab, using his jab, and uh, not getting caught in those corners. And even though Triple G got that uh, got that knockout, I truly think that um, that that he that he may have done enough to. To, to, to actually squeak out the win. But I think the Triple G won for a few reasons. I think he won primarily b- because of his name, one. 
too, because there's this huge cash cow with him and Carnello, whatever his name is. And um, I think that people kind of want to see that fight. So boxing knows that. And uh, boxing's kind of on a downslope right now, especially with the UFC. So they need that big money fight. They need a Floyd Mayweather, Connor. They need a Triple G, um, Alvarez. They need that stuff. And, and, and by Jacobs winning that, that kind of throws a wrench in it. So that's my opinion. Let me get my Stephen A on real quick. Uh-oh. First things first, it's Canelo. Yeah, whatever. Second thing is Triple G didn't get a knockout. He got a knockdown. Third thing, everything was in Jacob's favor. He's from New York. The fight was in New York. Triple G's known to knock out. Triple G's known to knock out. It went to decision. Everything's pointing towards Jacob. Triple G did enough to win the fight. I don't want to hear it was close. It it was kind of close. It was close. First things first, your, your your argument's not there. Triple G out jabbed him by over 30 jabs. He landed more punches. He was the busier fighter. Jacobs had times where he would throw huge haymakers. They would miss tremendously, tremendously. It would get the crowd involved, but they weren't effective. Triple G landed the heavier shots, the more effective shots, and more importantly, he landed most of the shots. Daniel Jacobs, much respect for staying in there 12 rounds with him, but Triple G easily won it, in my opinion. Definitely was an easy win for him. Even even Triple G would would he would he would tell you himself it wasn't an easy win. Even though okay, it was close. Give it to Triple G. Sure, keep the ball rolling. It wasn't as lopsided as you're making it to be. Jacobs did a lot better job in this boxing match, and and I think that uh, like you said, he gained a lot of more fans tonight because of his efforts. Because people because Jacobs truly shocked the world. I truly think that he shocked the world by. By taking Triple G 12 rounds, something that hasn't been done in, like you said, 30 fights. So it wasn't as simple as you're making it seem. He gained more fans, yes. He was able to last 12 rounds, yes. But, again, I don't think there's any controversy. So I give Jacobs all the respect in the world. He did exactly what he needed to do to gain fans and to gain a rematch maybe further down the line in their careers. But I don't think there's this huge controversy like, oh, Jacobs got robbed. No, yeah. It was I close agree. enough. Yeah, I don't like think I said, he got Triple robbed. G, I think, did enough. One last point on boxing before we jump into another topic. Canelo and Triple G, let me just state this right now. That fight's not guaranteed. May 6th, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Let me say that one more time. That's true. Julio Cesar yeah, true. Chavez Jr. Yeah. is going to give Canelo him first. mad problems. Bigger, yeah. stronger, yeah, taller, more reach. It's fucking gladiator chin. Canelo is in trouble, and you've heard it first by your boy. So, uh, so, uh, Chris, who would you rather see? Would you rather see Triple G and Alvarez, or would you rather see Triple G versus like a a a, a, a Jacobs too? Would you rather see? Man, to be honest with you, I probably would go. And want to see the winner of Garnello and Chavez Jr. Okay. Uh, I Matt, once again with John, much mad respect for Daniel Jacobs. Uh, I do agree with your part as well. I feel I even asked John during the fight. Do you think Triple G is winning this fight? Because in my opinion, Jacobs looked like a busier fighter throughout that mid of the fight. I had to second guess myself, and that's coming from a Triple G fan. I love that guy, man. He always puts on a show. He puts on knockouts. 
he's a true line in my eyes. Yeah. But I do want to see a Carnelo Chavez winner versus Triple G. Right. Um, you know, Triple G is a Mexican style fighter. He goes toe to toe. Carnelo, you know, likes to bang as well. Uh, Chavez Jr. I'm not too big of a fan on his side, um, but I will agree that he can take a goddamn motherfucking hit. That's a tough Mexican right there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go that route, man. Mexican style versus Mexican. Mexican. Yes. Yeah. So one yeah. thing we're not talking about that we need to talk about is um, my boy, my boy Ryan mentioned this in the uh, Facebook post. So. Yeah, for sure. If you ain't on that motherfucking Facebook, yeah, you add us immediately. Please, Jacobs right now. was the much bigger fighter, by the way. Longer he reach, missed the, yeah. He missed today's, he missed today's weigh-ins, which means he at least weighed, a, I'm guessing, anywhere between 175 pounds to 185 pounds. So we're making it seem like Triple G's like this god, and he was fighting Jacobs, which was a scrub, and Jacobs you know, was busier, and he's lasted all 12 rounds, this and that. You're the much bigger fighter. You're the best fighter that Triple G's fought. You're the most skilled fighter. You're the bigger fighter. So you did exactly what you needed to do. But get, but then again, you're stronger. You're bigger. So that's expected in my opinion. I think you both of you guys, y'all are praising Jacobs a little too much. I'm not too sure if it's, sure if it's because of his story or not. But you're the bigger, stronger guy. You're the more athletic. You're quicker. You should have got Triple G out of there or won. You should guys should be praising Triple G that he fought the bigger, stronger, longer Jacobs and still won. Oh yeah, I mean no one's like knocking uh no one's knocking Triple G for uh who he took on. I mean Triple G clearly put on a good fight against a dude who against a dude who is overwhelmingly bigger than him. So I mean, yeah, he did what he had to do, but in terms of what you're saying, praising Jacobs, I don't think anyone's praising Jacobs. We're just giving props to Jacobs for being able to withstand this storm that is Triple G. Everyone's saying Triple G is a knockout artist, which he is. And so by someone taking Triple G, a guy who's known to knock people out early in the rounds, 12 rounds, that says something. And you may be saying that there's no controversy. Well, a lot of people out there think that Jacobs may have won that fight. So that right there is controversy, even if you don't think so. Well, I'm excited to see the rematch later down the line, but I'm with Chris Lion Life Dynasty. I think he needs to fight the winner of Chavez and Canelo, and then later down the line, maybe Jacobs. And to right. your point, boxing needs that fight. Yeah, they do. Real quick, before we before we uh, jump into another segment, me and my boy Chris, we got a shot of Patron we need to take before we go forward. Hold on. There's no moment. Patron Hold on, there. Boy. Let's get it There's no Patron. Style. Real quick, there's no <laughs> real Patron. Quick, I know I always say I'd be drinking. Well, why would you lie to people? But I got a witness now. Chris, do we have a Patron shot? Yes or no? Uh, LJ, we got an old Mexican style Patron about to go down, bro. Wish now, I was here. Out there you don't know what. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now who are all listening to this. They don't know what, what to do with that shot right now. They have no idea what to do. Now, they have trouble taking that down. Now, uh, LJ, if you were here right now, better believe you would be taking this with us. Oh, that's true. I would agree with that. If I was there right oh, now, wait, I'd be taking hold, a shot. Hold on, real quick, there, LJ. Um, Do it. This is tradition uh, from the this is a, from the Henderson home. This is a tradition. Let me get a my, my uh, chaser down. <laughs> Woo! Uh, ah! But uh, this is okay. a quick shot. Uh, thanks this is, for having this me is out to here. Triple G. To Saturday Night. 
And and most importantly, this yep. is to on wax the podcast doing big things. It's the on wax shot, man, for sure. Ooh. You know what? Yeah. You know what, John? I think every time we've uh, did an episode, you were like taking a drink or something. So people know that you drink. Oh, yeah. Just for the podcast. He just mentioned that he's a Texan fan, yeah. right? Speaking of Texas fan. I got a question for you, Chris Ellis. Yeah. So lately in the uh, news, we've been hearing that Tony Romo may or may not go to the Houston Texans. More recently, we heard that it's a possibility that Colin Kaepernick comes oh to the Houston gosh. Texans. Uh-oh. Now, my question from a Houston Texans standpoint, which I don't know nothing about because I'm a Dallas Cowboy for life, who would you rather start your as your starting quarterback? Tony Romo, Colin Kaepernick, and why? Man, that, that is a tough one. Um, but hands down, I'm going to have to go and take a chance on Romo. This guy, man, hasn't played a full season since, I believe, 2012, if I'm not mistaken. Um, typically watch the Cowboys every week because my family's diehard Cowboys fans out here in San Antonio. But uh, Tony Romo has more experience. He has the arm. He has the accuracy. We just need to get a line to protect that man. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, I'm not a too fan of him. Uh, not because of the whole situation of kneeling during the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, et cetera, such and so forth. But Romo is just a better hands-down football player and the quarterback. He's a leader. Uh, he has playoff experience. So most definitely I would take my chance on that man, Tony Romo. LJ. Yeah. If you were smart. Now, if I didn't do it, somebody else would. I have to, all right? And this show's live right now, so I have to. He doesn't kneel towards the Pledge of Allegiance. We don't respect that, man. (laughs) It's the national anthem. But who cares? He's probably buzzed. (laughs) Pledge of Allegiance is, I mean. LJ, LJ, what do you think, though, man? Hands down, I mean. Uh, I know what you mean. Let's just put aside the whole situation of not you know kneeling down you serve your country i'm pretty sure that kind of bothers you a little bit but from a football standpoint who do you think the texans would much rather need oh man um okay i see exactly what you're saying and every point that you made was really valid like tony romo he's just a better quarterback even if he's coming off of a back injury he's a better quarterback than kaepernick he has better he has better throwing mechanics. He just understands offenses better. He understands def- defenses better. He may not be as as athletic as a Kaepernick, but he's definitely a better quarterback than a Kaepernick. But at the same time, uh, when you get Tony Romo, you get literally a person who could play one snap. No, no, you get a person who could have who could be having a amazing game and then come in in the third quarter on just a regular down and break his back, and then that's your whole season right there. I mean that. That's potentially your whole season down the drain, because because in like a matter of uh, five seconds, Tony Romo can go from one hundred to zero. With Kaepernick, you have a more durable player, and like yes, he did the whole thing with the national anthem. Should you look past that? Maybe you should look past that because the dude's not terrible quarterback, but but the guy's not gonna win you a Super Bowl. Right. I mean, Tony Romo could possibly win you a Super Bowl, but at the same time, you always have to put in the back of your mind this dude can fucking break every bone in his body, like on any given play. So 
That's my take. So who would you uh, rather yeah. have as quarterback? Yeah, that's true. That's a hard an question answer. to fucking answer, man. I would take Romo. I would go with the chance, thinking that, you know, the guy's probably been biting at the fucking bitch to get back out there and, and fucking throw the football again. And uh, he, like, wants people to, like, stop saying, oh, I'm fucking paper thin, even though it's true. He, like, wants to prove that to people. So I think right now in his uh, career, it's he's, like, he's like almost – He's like almost knocking on heaven's door, like we talked about last time. But knock, at the knock, same time, you know, I, on heaven's, door. <laughs> heaven's door. I would give him that chance. I would give Tony Romo that chance, and then and then if I was Houston Texans owner or the Houston Texans franchise, I would draft a quarterback immediately, just in case, because you never know with Tony Romo. Okay, so so something you guys haven't brought up, and I probably just. To put it on wax, I probably would rather have Tony Romo as well. But yeah, you're talking about a quarterback that may give you two years as your starter compared Six. to, let's yeah. just say, right. seven. Right? And you guys are still picking the two-year quarterback over the seven-year quarterback. Chris, is that correct? You'd rather have a guy that might give you a chance for two years instead of fit the offense, grow into the offense, and be a quarterback for seven. Ah, <sighs> Man, at this moment... I feel like we had to play in the present. I don't see Colin Kaepernick being a franchise quarterback. Right. Uh, just from what I've seen from him, he hasn't proved to me that he can be a franchise quarterback. I'm going to have to go with the present, with the defense that we have right now. They are very, very, very intimidating. You got J.J. <laughs> Watt yeah. coming back from an injury. You got Clowney. Merkulis, uh, you got who else is a headbanger linebacker that I like? Cushing. Crush Cushing, Cushing, yeah. That man, you know, we got a solid defense. You guys lost a cornerback in the offseason, a hell of we a quarterback. Did. AJ Boy, yeah, we lost AJ. He went to the Jags, our our division rivals. But um I, I feel, you know, hopefully we could pick someone up. You know, we're looking at a Malcolm Butler. But just aside from going to the question, I would go with Tony Romo at this point. We got Savage, who is a solid backup, I guess. Um, I would much rather start him over Osweiler any day because my man Hopkins gets more reps from Savage. But I am looking towards Tony Romo at the present right now just because of the defense, offensive weapons. We got Lamar Miller. Uh, we got to go with Tony Romo, man. He's our best option at this point. So, John, I have a question for you. And, uh, and uh, Chris, you make a lot of a lot of good points. I have a question for you. Do you wish that Jerry Jones would just release Romo so that so that he can go on? Or or do you think that Jerry Jones is in the back of his head thinking, uh, I want to get something for this guy because because releasing him may not be in our totally in our best interest? What do you think? Listen, this is this is something that no one's talking about. We're we're playing it smart. If if we release them now, we get nothing. If we hold our cards, we wait to see if a trade comes. Great, then we get something for him. Worst case scenario, we remove him. He's already made his video stating that he's no longer going to be a cowboy. He's still pr presently a cowboy uh, quarterback, but we know that he's not going to be on the team at the end of the year. We know he's going to leave. So why not at this point in the offseason hold our cards and just see what we can get? Again, worst case scenario, because right now it, it's they're they're they both have their poker faces on. Cowboys say they don't want to release them. 
Yeah. The Broncos, the Texans for, for two teams, they're saying they're not interested. But I promise you, if the Cowboys were to release him, the Broncos and the Texans are going to have a bidding war to see if who he's going to be on. My personal opinion, I think he'd fit better with, um, I honestly think maybe maybe Denver. I'm not too sure because um, you have Dem- Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and you have Fuller, and you have Hopkins. I don't know really uh, which combo is better, but I think that he said he would rather play in Denver. I almost hope that he would play in Houston just because I'm so That rivalry. Oh, hold on. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. I got to put Houston Texan fans on wax. No one. This one is the biggest wax. I got to sip after that one. This is the biggest wax that I'm going to put in all five episodes so far. No way. The biggest wax. It better be the biggest I'm going to do the triple on wax. 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 What is it? I'm so, listen, I'm going to vent. I'm probably going to cuss a little bit because I'm so frustrated. I'm pissing you off. You know what? I'm not even frustrated. I think it's funny. I think it's so funny that for the last eight, nine years, I've had to hear, Tony Homo, Tony Homo, y'all got injury prone. He's city. He's a pussy. He's this and that. (laughs) We had to sit there and listen to it for eight seasons, nine seasons, ten seasons, and all of a sudden, Cowboys got something bigger, better, younger, stronger, more durable, more reliable. And all of a sudden, Texans fans are jumping for fucking joy. They're jumping out of their seat. We want Romo. We want Romo. We need Romo. He gives us the best chance. What in the fuck were y'all saying for the last eight years? Tony homo this. Tony sorry. Tony soft. Tony's fragile. Now all of a sudden, y'all want him. All Texan fans right now, y'all need to get put on wax. All right, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. I'm going to play the devil's advocate for the Houston Texans because, I mean, every team is like that whenever they need somebody. I mean, whenever your team is fully stacked, you're on, you're on the top of the world. Cowboys are on top of the world right now because they have Dak and they have Zeke and they have Dez and they have a decent eh, defense, which we can talk about in a little bit. They have a decent Best defense. offensive line. So, yeah, and they have the best offensive line. So, of course, you got on top of the world until you need someone. Like, if you guys hated – who do you hate? You hate Aaron Rodgers, right? Cowboys hate Aaron Rodgers, right? Yes. And so if you guys – so say Aaron Rodgers was in Tony Romo's situation and you guys need a quarterback, you guys would be vouching for for Aaron Rodgers because you know what he can do. So that's what the Texans are doing. Like, of course, you hate a person whenever he's not on your team, but whenever you need somebody, you need somebody. So, I mean – I mean, I want to know what uh, Chris thinks. What do you think? The Texans' defense, man, we have a championship defensive team. We actually won a playoff game. I understand we played who we played. Without Derek Carr. But you got to look at it. Brock Osweiler, every dang week, this guy is just playing horrible. He's going to the podium saying he's blaming himself that he's going to get on track, that he's going to get better, that he's going to make better decisions. But at the end of the day, we need that Matt Tony Romo because he is the best option for us out there. (laughs) And I I was saying, but I'll tell you this, if we win, if if we win, hold on, if we win two playoff games with Tony Romo, that he didn't do with the Cowboys, Texans are just a bad team. 
I got a quick question for a Texan fan, and I already know the answer, and this is just for me, LJ, and our 20 listeners. <laughs> 22. I'm just kidding. How happy are you that Brock Osweiler is not a Houston Texan? Because he's shit. <laughs> man, after that deal, man, very happy. The Browns did us a favor. Uh, I don't know what the hell the Browns are doing, but I thank them for whatever the hell they did for taking them off our hands. Real quick, that's a valid point. I, I don't know the their um, vision with that. So they pick I, I again, I think it's strictly because what did they give them? A second round pick as well? A second round pick. They basic they basically gave him a second round pick as to take a courtesy his contract. to take off his contract. But now they want to drop him. So do they have to do the, the the question that I have that I don't have the answer. Somebody may be able to give me the answer. Do they have to pay him at all now that they picked up his contract and dropped him? I would assume that they owe him the Browns, the oh, Cleveland yeah. Browns owe him something. Oh yeah. Just to get a second-round pick, is that correct? For sure, that's correct. They're basically throwing them that money for the second-round pick because they have money to blow. What, do they have a million dollars to play with? Something. Something stupid. Yeah. Or a billion or something like that. Something stupid like that. I don't know what it was. But since we're on the football topic and we're talking about Cowboys and Texans, I know we don't have much time, but just real quick, John, as a diehard Cowboys fan... What are you Cowboys fans defense doing? Y'all are just going <laughs> everywhere, bro. And that's what y'all need to improve on. And that's And, and then yeah, you got Zeke making this mistake where he's under investigation about flashing a girl's breast. Her tits. I got to admit, yeah. Yes, I mean, he he's under investigation. He might be suspended. Let me let me stick up for my Cowboys real quick. <laughs> and this is the best way I know how to say it. The best way I know how to say it. No way. Zeke won't get suspended. Morris Claiborne sucks nuts. Carr sucked nuts. And we're better off without him. We're going to focus and really laser in on the secondary when it comes to the draft. And we we going to be all right. And that's the good thing about, the you know, like. offense in the league. Yeah, that's the good thing about cornerbacks they're kind of a dime a dozen like to be completely honest with you they're not like a quarterback they're really not like a running back they're not like yeah they're really not like wide receivers cornerbacks they kind of guys have done us no favors yeah i mean no and, favors. yeah they weren't that good i mean that was your weak point the no. whole season which your was your def what was your secondary your secondary was pretty shitty but it's, a, it's actually an opportunity it's actually an opportunity to now focus on that because at the, i don't know if they felt loyalty or they had high hopes for these guys but for whatever reason they stuck with them for a couple years i'm so glad that they got rid of them that's someone else's problem tony romo Hope to God it's the Houston Texans, but that's someone else's problem. You know what's going to happen? Tony Romo's going to go to the Houston Texans, going to kill the Cowboys. It's going to be fucking funny. Nah. Oh, yeah. Nah. Real quick, before, before we jump from NFL to the NBA, I got to end off on this note. Uh-oh. I know he's listening to the show. I know he's listening to the show. He's one of our biggest supporters. Marcus Stanley. Yo, yeah, man. I still hope. I still hope Jay Cutler goes to the 49ers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that'd be like your worst, your worst nightmare. I think. Who knows, man? That's a scary one, dude. Cutler may come out on the podcast. We're kind of sort of giving him props, but he's garbage as fuck. I don't think he's as garbage as people make him seem. He's garbage, dude. Seriously, like at one point, Cutler was. 
a legitimate fantasy option, to be completely honest with you. It was a few years no. ago. Yeah, oh, clearly, yeah. No. A few years ago, he was a legitimate fantasy well, option. What fantasy are were you playing in? <laughs> we're saying that you must have been playing against some scrubs because anybody that wants Cutler... I didn't say recently. I didn't say recently. No. I said in the past, what, he was a... Year? He, Cutler was a fantasy option at one point in his career. And I think that he just didn't give a shit about the Bears and about that organization and about the fans, and the fans didn't like him. And so he stopped giving a shit. And I think that him in a new place, I think he could do something. And, and, I, and like, I know people are, like, writing him off, but I, he – seriously, he's not a terrible quarterback. I think I would rather have him over, over a Kaepernick, to be completely honest with you. Ah, I can't agree with you there. Real quick, let's jump into some NBA news while we have Chris the Lion Dynasty here. Lion Life, it's the movement. He is a self-proclaimed NBA analyst. A.K.A. Guru. A.K.A. the Guru. Every time we talk basketball, he says he knows more. Uh Uh-oh. What is your take on the NBA MVP and B honest put something on <laughs> wax man i ain't gonna lie that westbrook is a bad man westbrook yeah but this man harden is on the come up right now my my prediction has changed and i do think harden is a front runner yeah. He did drop 40 points, yeah, 40 10 assists, points. 10 rebounds tonight. Yeah. In a win. In a win. He, Not only that, that's the most important thing. It's the 18th triple-double, and more importantly, the team sitting third in the West, only getting beat by the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. But more importantly, it's his 18th triple-double. So although Westbrook's doing it, I really wanted to jump in this topic one more time because I think the, the listeners that are on Westbrook's side need to know it's great that they're winning. I'm sorry. It's great that he's doing what he's doing numbers-wise. But if you're not winning consistently, then what is it all worth? Because it doesn't really show you the value that you're providing to the team if your team is losing. And I know they're sixth right now. But six is sixth. If someone's doing damn near, and I don't care what y'all say, look it up, damn near the same numbers... But the third, you got to go with Harden. I, to be completely honest with you, I would still ride with uh, Russell Westbrook's triple-doubles right now. But Harden makes a valid, valid, valid point to be that top guy because of what he's doing. Like, he dropped 40 tonight, another triple-double. His team's, like, in, his team's in third place, just like you said. I mean, they could perhaps pass the Spurs if the Spurs keep playing the way that they're playing. They're not going to catch the Warriors. But, I mean, real quick, James um, Harden has a, that's a, has great a really transition. good chance. Rockets win tonight, Spurs lose tonight. They're on a two-game losing streak. Ellis. No. No. <laughs> I don't want to believe it. Houston is not catching the San Antonio Spurs. They're about five, five and a half, five and a half games behind. They're not catching them. Even with the pop old method of sitting and resting the players, I still don't think uh, they catch them. But once again, you know, you, you who knows? Uh the past five games, I've looked over the Rockets' schedule. They have been some pretty easy non-defensive teams. Uh, they just lost to the Pelicans uh, about 15 points. Where Pelicans dropped almost 130 <laughs> on them. And that's on wax. 
<laughs> nah, but that man Harden is a bad man. Yeah, and, he is. Uh, they yeah. do got a good death in their in their whole team. You got Lou Williams coming off the bench. Eric Gordon. Sam Decker. Uh, Sam Decker. Man, you, you got some nice pieces there. With you know, you got Beverly who ain't afraid to guard anybody, get in anyone's nuts, and and you know. Put them on lock. You got Ryan Anderson, who's a, a baby Kevin Love. You got Capella, who's athletic and he and is starting to improve a lot. But um, there's no way Houston Rockets are. I can't compare them to the San Antonio Spurs yet. And and I'm not being biased. I'm not being a a, a fan. But the the Spurs are just on a, on a. There's levels to this shit. And uh, Rockets ain't right there yet. Okay, so I'm going to end off with this question, Lion Life, and I need your honest opinion. I mean, to be honest with you, one team really, really makes sense just based off the record. So it may be an easy question for you, but I need to know, if you're a Spur fan, going into the playoffs, who is your biggest threat in the West? Is it Houston? Is it Golden State? Is it another team that we're not listing right now that we're not even talking about on the podcast? Who is the San Antonio's biggest threat? Man, if Golden State gets Durant back and he's a hundred percent, Golden State is probably our biggest threat. But I tell this is this is this was what I was telling everyone when we got when the Golden State Warriors got Kevin Durant. They got Kevin Durant for their bench. They don't got Harrison Barnes. They don't have Barbosa. They don't have Bogut, who played a big role. Uh, Della Do- or No, I'm sorry. Was it De- who? Who yeah, else was it? That's uh, Cavs. That's Cavs. Uh, they 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 lost some pretty big pieces, and the Warriors' second team is just straight trash. They do <laughs> still have Iguodala. They did pick up Matt Barnes. They yeah, have Zaza. Hold on, hold on. They have um, David West. David West. Yeah, but David West is not the player from the Pacers. Iguodala slowing up. He's not the same. Uh, Pachulia is just wants to bang. The, the Warriors just ain't the Warriors without Kevin Durant. He, that's his team. He's the you know the scoring leader. That's his team. I'm gonna have to go with the Rockets at this point. Um, if they're fully healthy and the Warriors have Durant at 70-80%, I got to go with the Rockets as a threat. Because um, we do have a bench. Yes, y'all do. Y'all have a bench. Um, but I, I, if you look at the standings, the Warriors will face uh, – or I'm sorry, the Rockets will face us in the second round if we both win. If the Spurs fall at number two and the Rockets – what are they at? Three? Three. Yep. We'll see them in the second round. It'll be the Battle of Texas. And I'm ready for it. Hmm. If I ain't the best, then I'm heading for it. Oh, Lord. Know yourself. Know your worth. I don't know. B, uh, what's up, man? Yeah, I think I agree with you. I mean, of course, the uh, Warriors are everyone's biggest nightmare. They're, they're, they're the East's biggest nightmare. They're the West's biggest nightmare. But in terms of even getting to face the uh, Warriors, I think that the Spurs' biggest challenge – um, will be either the Thunder or the Clippers. And so we need the Thunder and Clippers to, to like, they need to stay where they are okay. because if the Thunder... You don't Thunder, have to worry about the Thunder because the Rockets are taking care of them in the first. Uh, I would not want to play the Thunder if I was the Rockets at all. I would not want to play the Clippers if I was anybody. I would not want to play the Thunder because 
The Thunder have shown the, the ability. The Clippers are garbage. The Thunder have shown the ability to be a good team whenever they need to be, and the Thunder can surprise people. So if so, you can go ahead and, as a Rockets fan, want to play the Thunder. But as a Spurs fan, I do not want to play the Thunder in the first round. We'll at take all. the Thunder. I will tell you this though: if the Thunder fall at eight and they play the Warriors, best believe they're gonna put a they'll give a run for their money. They're gonna give them a fight. If the Thunder would give the Warriors a fight, well, then they would definitely give the Rockets a fight. We're beating them in six or less. That's a fact. I would not want to go six. I would not want to go six or seven rounds in the first round with the Thunder team. That that Depth. is not good. That is not good. That 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 man Westbrook does not like to play against Beverly. I will say that much. Nope. He, he fears Beverly. Beverly is not afraid to get up in that man's nuts and just play solid D on him. But I feel if they see the Warriors are first round, Westbrook is gonna have a, a trigger that just clicks on him. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna see you know he's gonna see a green light every time he touches that ball. Well, he already does, but. Durant, you know, Westbrook, Curry, he Westbrook's going to want to click off on that on that series. That's great for TV ratings, but throughout the season we've already proved that Westbrook is not nearly yeah. enough firepower yeah, no, to not beat nearly. the Golden State Warriors. Really. TV ratings enough. that's great. Not. Yeah. But they have too many too much too much force on the exactly. Golden State yeah. Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah they The Golden no State chance. Warriors would beat them without KD. With yeah. KD, it's not even mm, fair. Yeah. Well, but what about the additional pieces they just added? Uh, McDermott and Taj Gibson. They also added. Um, was who else is that other guard? Um, McDermott. You're talking four all stars on a team. You're talking something that's never yeah, happened. Yeah, I, I understand that, but you take away Durant, three you know, Curry, Thompson, Green. Yeah, but they, I think they'd give him a run. I'll be honest with you. The Warriors, even without Durant right now, they are on a three-game winning streak, and they beat the shit yep. out of the Bucks today. And the Bucks aren't that bad. Yeah, man. So Bucks so are I tough, was, man. That's yeah. that's like the dark horse in the East. Exactly. They're definitely on the dark horse. So I think that the Warriors right now are kind of getting back in that Joe mode where they were last year. Like, oh shit, we are the Warriors. We we didn't have Durant last year. Let's go out and win this. Sh- and let's go out and win this. The Warriors are looking scary again, dude. Really scary. Yes, and then. Sir. Yeah, so I would, I mean, yeah, Warriors are definitely the everyone's worst nightmare, in my opinion. LJ, do you think with Durant coming back, they're going to lose that groove? When when Durant first went out, what did they lose, like uh, three, four, four games? Out of six. Four out of six. Four out of six. And then they're on their streak, and then Durant's going to come back. Do you think it's just going to be a, a, a movement of just getting interrupted in with Durant coming back? Uh, with uh, Durant coming back, I think it's I think Durant's gonna have you know that like slow period to try and get back at game speed because coming off of a knee injury like that, man, like you're like you're naturally gonna be a little bit tentative to actually go full speed. So he might slow him down a little bit, but I mean they have enough firepower to like not even need him in the damn game until like until the second or third game in a like an actual playoff series. So I mean. He'll, I mean, he's he's Kevin Durant. He's one of the top five NBA players in the world right now. So I don't really see him having a trouble. I mean, having a problem getting back anything offensively. But in terms of when it actually happens, it's it's definitely going to happen. So it just may be a little bit sooner or maybe a little bit later. But I don't think he's going to mess with their offensive flow at all. I think he's going to add to it like he already was doing before he got injured. So it's fucking scary, dude. Real fucking scary. And I hate that trade. Lion Dynasty. Lion life, before you get out of here, this is your chance, bro. 
Any last words? Any last thoughts? Put on you wax. You want to speak on Lion Life, the movement? This is your chance. Man, first off, it's a, this whole Lion Dynasty thing, Lion Life movement thing is something that I, I got over with a good friend of mine uh, who was actually my, my barber. Um, give him a quick shout out. Rest in peace, Richard DeLeon. He uh, passed away a couple years ago. But the the whole Lion Life Lion Dynasty movement was uh, kind of after him. Uh, it, it's something that I followed with because, of course, who's the king of the jungle? It's it's a lifestyle. It, it's something that uh, it's my motivation. Something that's slowly on the come up. Um, but once it does, you know, I will give more news out, and hopefully, people start following that movement. It's just something I go by each and every day. You know, you want to be a lion. There, I see everyone as a gazelle. I'm not talking down on nobody, but you know, just for goals in life, uh, it's it's my motivation. The whole lion lifestyle. But uh, aside from that, man, I appreciate y'all having me on here. It's been fun. Sure, man. Hopefully, we can do this again. Y'all are gonna have a bunch of special guests. I'm, I can't wait to see uh, what they come up here, especially uh, the burn. Third degree burn. He, uh, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be on here pretty soon. Hell yeah! But um, it, it's been fun, man. It's been good talking to LJ. Good, good dudes, uh, listeners. Uh, I do appreciate y'all following my cousins uh, and LJ's uh, little movement they got coming up. Thanks, man. Because sure. it appreciate is gonna come up slowly on wax. <laughs> you're gonna be on the podcast again. I get it. You, you're my top. You're my man. Have bro. to. Yeah, have to. What else, bro? Give me, give me, give me something else. You went over Lion Life, the, the movement. What about sports? Anything you want to go about? Do you snore? Is your favorite movie <laughs> Lion King? What it is, man? Boy, you know Lion King is my favorite <laughs> favorite movie out there. You know, as a kid, Lion growing King's up. a shit, dude. How like my dude Simba? <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man. Uh, you know, I, I, listeners see this as. Want follow your goals. You're never too old to follow your goals in life. Uh, have fun. Do what you want to do. If you have a goal, you have a dream, and you haven't met it, don't be afraid to fail. You know, fo- follow it. Listen to your heart and, and uh, come up with it. You know, uh, John and LJ. You know, this is something they've always been doing and wanted to do, and and they they ain't afraid to fail. They're coming up slowly. Hell no. And uh, I'm 23 <laughs> years old. Long. You know, that's something that I'm doing. But you know, the Lion Life movement is always follow your dreams and uh, and always listen to your heart. Uh, you know, don't always be scared to fail. The previous the previous movement was the beast. I'm a beast. I'm a beast. That shit's over. Now you have to be a motherfucking lion in the jungle. Throw the L's up. Throw the L's up. Hell yeah. On wax. Jayhan, LJ, we support the Lion Life movement. 100%. We support man. my partner, Chris. Anything you need, we got you, player. Appreciate y'all, brothers. Appreciate y'all. Yo, well, special shout out to my boy, Chris Ellis. Lion Life, follow the movement. He was our first guest on the podcast. Yep. He's not going to be our last. Episode 6. We got third degree burn, funny, funny, funny guy. Yeah, real funny. <laughs> real funny guy. He makes some good points um, and uh, puts us on wax too, man, for sure. Yeah, he he wants to put us on wax, so we're gonna we're gonna see exactly what he's bringing to the table. Um, episode seven. Who we got on episode seven? Oh, we got my friend uh, Dion. I'm gone, Dawson. 
he'll he'll be on here to uh, discuss some NBA news. He's a big Cavs fan. I don't agree with him, but uh, he's a big LeBron James D-dog. fan. Like, Dion, I'm gone, Dawson. Doesn't yeah. that have a ring to it? Yeah, Dion, I'm gone, Dawson. Dawson, yeah, he'll be on discussing throw motherfucking name. Yeah, he'll be discussing Cavs stuff. And I have to admit, the dude can argue, man. The dude has makes good points. So you you got to bring the A game whenever you talk to Dawson, man. Well, I'm not a Cavs fan. I'm not a LeBron fan. So guess what? I'm ready. Yeah, man, for sure. All right, B. Well, we got a couple things that we want to talk about. I think the most important news, I'm looking at the agenda right now, and I think something that we have to touch up on is um, this McGregor Mayweather fight Ooh. has progressed quite a bit in the last since the last episode for sure. Um, Dana White, right after, right after I put him on wax saying that he said, oh, the fight's not going to happen, I'm a Debbie Downer, right afterwards he posted that the fight you know, it's gonna why wouldn't it happen? There's right. so much money on the line. You know, so many egos are on the line. You know, I think it's gonna happen. And then the next day, Conor McGregor just goes on a tirade. Yeah. Just, I'm the face of fucking boxing. Fucking I'm gonna shock force. the whole fucking yeah. world. Yeah. I'm gonna make all of you eat your fucking words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the fucking face of boxing. Yeah. Dude, and I have to admit, man, like. The way that he comes off, the confidence that this guy has, man, seriously, it made me think that, damn, this dude might goddamn do it, man, because this is, like, how he sounded whenever he was, well, this is how he always sounds, man, but, like, to have this much confidence exactly. going in, man, you you never know what you're going to get, man. It's like a fucking, like... And, and yeah, I do realize that I, I did say that Mayweather would win this fight, Yeah, but I think that's why we all want to buy, buy it, because... As much as I'm a huge Mayweather fan, I'm, I'm just as big, if not more, of a McGregor fan. It's right. like both of my favorites yeah. colliding. Yeah. And, and what I will say is Mayweather's never fought somebody with this much confidence. Exactly. Like Pacquiao, exactly. Miguel Cotto, Shane Mosley, Andre Berto, uh, Matisse. Not Matisse, I'm sorry. Uh, Maidana. Madonna, Madonna. I mean, we can go on De La and on and on. Yeah. De La Hoya, we've never had somebody just ripping his fucking face. Yeah. I'm gonna whoop your fucking yeah. ass. Yeah, loud, cocky, flamboyant. Like this guy is. He Mayweather's gonna reach another animal. And again, my this is not my official fight prediction. We'll we'll have that when the fight's gonna happen. But as of right now, you know, you think Mayweather's gonna win. It makes sense that Mayweather's gonna win. He's the king of the ring. But if someone's 28 years old. And someone's forty. I don't give a fuck how good you are. That's gonna play some <laughs> exact, role. Exactly, dude. I was thinking the same thing because whenever Tom, Conor Mer- forty is forty, bro. Yeah, forty is forty years damn old, man. And whenever I'm forty, I'm gonna be a little bit slower than I was when I was twenty nine, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be a little bit not slower. To mention, if you're already considered retired yeah, and, and living yeah. like traveling, exactly, and, and whatever the case is. All this traveling and promotion of Mayweather promotions, and I get why you're doing it because you are retired. But if you, in the back of your head, if you think you're going to have the biggest fight of history against a 28 year old, Chris is going to appreciate this lion. Yeah, be, yeah, he's a. You better start focusing. Yeah, yeah, dude, you better get the game hat, the game face on, dude, because this dude is coming. And like the thing about Conor McGregor that I really respect is whenever he says he's going to shock the world, the dude shocks the world, man. The dude said... Exactly. The freaking dude said he like wanted to win two belts. And he did it. Yeah, he did it. He did it. He said that before he was signed with the UFC. Exactly. So he tells us, before he was signed with the UFC, I'm going to be a two-time UFC champion. Comes into the UFC, beats the brakes, brakes. out of everybody. Yeah. 
he did lose to Nate Diaz, but I've never seen anybody redeem himself the way that Conor McGregor redeemed himself. I mean, I'm, I, I've never he seen... He did it the absolute best way anybody could redeem themselves. He immediately wanted a rematch with the guy that just choked him out. He immediately had the opportunity to fight at 155, but chose to fight at 170 again because he said, you know what? He beat me at 170. I want to redeem myself at 170. Right. Dana White and the rest of the UFC said, no, no, no. Well, your natural weight's at 155. Go back to 155. Let's book it at 170. Let's go for 155. He right. said, no, 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 no. I got beat at 170. I'm going to redeem myself at 170. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen someone like take an L and then come off and say, fuck that. I'm going to beat this fight. And I'm going to beat this guy. And that's literally, I have to say, the reason why Nate Diaz beat him is because Nate Diaz is a weird-shaped dude. The dude's tall, gangly, long arms. He's bigger than Connor. And so and so he, he gave him trouble. But like now Connor's going against a guy who's smaller than him with a smaller reach. I mean, and like you said, Connor's younger. Connor's just almost, I wouldn't say he's he's a, he's a ass fast, but I would say he's probably as accurate. As a as a Floyd, so I mean it's gonna be. Last night took an L, but tonight I bounce back. Bounce back. So I would say it's gonna be a little bit, a little bit tougher than a Floyd. I mean, I'm sure that Floyd's not taking it easy. I I, I know Floyd knows that he's 40. Floyd Floyd's knows the goat, yeah, man. Like yeah. I'm saying, you can't sleep on Floyd. Exactly. Every time anybody has ever doubted him, I've collected the check. Floyd Mayweather's collected the check, yeah. and um. It's hard to doubt someone. And real quick, I don't want to jump into his full-blown resume, but I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Anybody says he's the best of the best. He's fought the best of the best from Diego Corrales to um, uh, Arturo Gatti to Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, Canelo Alvarez, Andre Berto, Marcos Maidana, Shane Mosley, Miguel Cotto, Juan Manuel Marquez, he's fought the best fucking resume anybody's ever fought. And for whatever reason, they want to discredit him and said he's cherry-picking. But how can you cherry-pick when he's older than the majority of the people that he's fought? Yeah, he He was definitely way older than... um than uh than uh Alvarez and Alvarez was he's in his prime. I mean Alvarez. He's older than he's older than Miguel Cotto. Yeah, he's older than exactly Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. I mean fuck, like exactly. you can't cherry pick someone when you're when older. They, they're the top guys and and they're you're older than these guys. I agree. And it's like it's like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. He fights he fights Manny Pacquiao and they say oh well you fought him outside of his prime, bitch. Manny <laughs> Pacquiao's thirty six. You're thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, then he then then everybody then everybody's like, oh, it was before this, but everybody's like, oh, he won't fight Canelo Alvarez. He's this huge, strong, rising Mexican star. He beats his ass. He's too young. Beat what Ortiz the too. Fuck? Yeah, knocked out Ortiz too. Tito Ortiz. Yeah, knocked his ass straight clean out. Yeah, man. That's again. That, that's I, I will definitely put any Mayweather hater on wax and say like that's bullshit. Like he's beat his resume is better than anybody's. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. He's fought the best of the best. And if the time wasn't right and y'all weren't happy when he fought Pacquiao, guess what? It whether you like to admit it, whether you agree with it, whatever the case is, he put that fight on hold. And it paid off when it comes to the financials, the biggest fight in the the history of the sport. So, if he didn't fight Manny Pacquiao when when you wanted him to, oh fucking well, he fought him. He fought him when he wanted to, and it was the biggest fight in history. 
and the 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 Canelo fight was the second biggest fight in history. The the Oscar De La Hoya fight was the third fight on history. And if he fights Triple G, that's gonna be he's gonna have the all four fights, the biggest fights in history. Mayweather's a fucking goat. He's a fucking mastermind. He's a genius when it comes to promotion. Um, the only thing I'm worried about when it comes to Conor McGregor is that motherfucker talks shit and backs it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I. I don't even think there's a question in the octagon. Mayweather would have stand 30 seconds in the octagon, and, and Mick Gregor's going to make him look silly. And you know what? I think that uh, Floyd Mayweather's plan paid off perfectly. The dude's a mastermind. Floyd Mayweather, he baited Conor McGregor into getting all riled up about this fight, and then McGregor's like all in the media now talking the shit, and then saying how like he's going to beat him, and then all Mayweather has to do right now is just like back back and just train and shit. So Mayweather like poked the dragon just to get him riled up. Like, he, he does this all the time with, like, every fighter he fought. Yeah, he's definitely keeping himself relevant while being Exa- retired. Exactly. So, like, he did a perfect job of, like, of uh, of uh, pr- of promoting the fight by by uh, pissing off Dana White, pissing off Conor McGregor, and then reaping all the rewards for him, man. The dude's a marketing genius, dude, seriously. And, and, and to your point, I don't think Dana White was initially on board with this fight. But I think with Mayweather talking so much mess and putting them all in a all corner, blast. I think Dana White's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, it. Let's fight. Let's make this let's happen. Fight. Yeah. Let you know, fuck it. Let's let's do exactly. it. Exactly. You know, because at first I don't think Dana White was on was on the on board with making this fight happen because it really doesn't make sense. You know, there's about a ninety percent chance your biggest star gets beat in a in a boring twelve round fight. Um, but at the same time. He's protecting. Yeah. He's, protect, he's protecting. He's, he's trying to protect. McGregor. Yeah, he is, and that's he, he. Yeah, he's only trying to protect Connor because Connor is the big star for UFC. If you beat the biggest star in UFC, that 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 could be a loss of money, a loss of revenue, right there. Exactly. So I mean, he's like trying to protect his asset. That's why he's always like, oh, he's like trying to speak on Connor McGregor's half on Connor McGregor's behalf, even though he's not part of Connor McGregor's team. It's like, ah, man, let Connor McGregor speak for himself and all this shit. So. But Conor McGregor came out uh, and, this and week. He's doing a good job. He's 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 saying you know there's too much money on the line. He said he doesn't want to stop McGregor from making, you know a a, a unrealistic amount of money. Unrealistic. And again, I think it's because McGregor put. Or I think it's because Mayweather put these guys in a corner and, and you know, called them all in. And at this point, um, Dana's Dana's pot committed basically. He's like, all right, well fuck it, let's go all in and see see what the flop holds. So. Um, it's gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. Uh, we we talked about this not too long ago. I think we talked about this on the phone a few weeks ago, even before I think we started the podcast. So um, I remember us talking about the greatest shit talkers and Floyd Floyd Mayweather before Conor McGregor even became relevant. Floyd Mayweather had to be the best shit talker I've I've ever seen. Is right now? Do you think that Conor McGregor is a better shit talker than Floyd Mayweather? First off, let's go through the list of who I think are good shit talkers right now. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't want to trash this guy. Um, I did not ever see this guy trash talk, so I haven't seen it. A lot of people put Muhammad Ali number one on the oh, list, okay, or at least yeah. top three. Yeah. Yep. I, I haven't seen it. The clips that I've seen. He's a pretty good shit talker, man. He's an okay shit talker. Um, another guy named Chell Sonnen. He's so fucking cheesy to me. He's he's always listed as one of the better shit talkers in you know, combat sports. I, I don't get it. I don't like it. Um, it's strictly cheesy as fuck. I think uh, McGregor is 
a hundred percent better than Mayweather. I think he's witty. He's quick. He's uh, quick. Quick as fuck, man. He, yeah, yeah, he's fucking so really good. Real like funny. the way he talks. I, I think his accent, him being yeah. Irish, even helps him. <laughs> surprise, surprise, uh, motherfuckers. Yeah, he's loud. He's yeah. he's he's uh he's controlling. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt that he's better, and he will slaughter Mayweather. I know one thing: the um the press conferences are going to be better than the fight for sure. Yeah, I, I know for sure uh, the oh, build up is going to be better than the fight. Dude, does he try so, and um, fight Mayweather during a press conference like he does in UFC? Because every think, I think maybe every he headbutts UFC, him, maybe he pushes yeah, him. He pushes yeah, he's, him. He's definitely trying to ruffle uh, Mayweather's feathers. Yeah, he is. That, yeah, um, he is. Throwing another bottle at him. I mean, whatever the case is, you you do it. You get Mayweather off his game uh, for once, hopefully. I don't think you ever get Mayweather off the game though. That's the thing, man. I've I've seen Mayweather yeah, lose some round. Yeah, I've seen Mayweather legitimately lose a round or two and thinking like, oh shit, like. Something's gonna happen. Like I this lost fight. the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost the fight, and then he'll come back and change game plans and beat ass. Like God, I've damn. never seen I've never seen Mayweather lose two or three rounds. Of yeah, one exactly. Fight. Like, it just doesn't happen. I've never seen someone adjust like that quickly. The the whole dude. Like, you know adjusts. what? Like with the Michael with the Marco Maidana fight. Like let's just say he won four or five rounds. Let's just say four rounds. People think that that was a close fight because no one. It's just kind of like it's just kind of like that Triple G fight tonight. We yeah. were all expecting a knockout, so when we didn't get a knockout, we're praising Jacobs. Yeah. When 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 Mayweather fights and he loses three or four rounds, they're praising that guy because he normally doesn't lose one or two rounds. Yeah. Or like when so he gets hit know, in the uh, face. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. When he get when he finally like. With the Roman Chocolatito fight, how many times did he get fucking hit in the face? <laughs> the Comain. <laughs> he must have got hit in the face like 260 times. His face was fucked, man. Yeah. Mayweather gets caught one of those, it's national news. Oh, well, he caught Mayweather. He dazed Mayweather. Like it, It's the sport of boxing. It's combat sports. You're supposed to get hit in the face. Mayweather has set the standard for him that, no, you can never hit me in the face, not even once. Yeah, they call him Pretty Boy for a reason. Like, I didn't understand yep. it, but the dude is literally does not take damage. He doesn't get I've, – I've never nope. even seen him. I've seen him cut maybe once. I can't remember who yeah, it was. He, 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 um, he bled in the um, Miguel Cotto fight. Okay. His, his nose was leaking a little bit. But okay. other than that, you – no, not yeah. really at all. And uh, – just last part, I know that we were talking about some uh, famous shit talkers. And you have to put Roy Jones Jr. in there somewhere. The dude's a pretty big shit talker. Pretty yeah, good, too. Pretty good. I'm not a fan of Roy Jones. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, saying uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan, but definitely the dude talks a lot of shit. And, and I know the fans listening yeah. right now, please, all the fans listening, put some of the biggest shit talkers in the comments that we missed that we don't know. Because yeah, I we, definitely, know. We, definitely, um, we definitely are missing a couple big names. Yeah, I'm pretty sure big, the listeners are going to be able to help us out yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. Even outside um, of boxing. Outside of boxing, too. Probably the last topic that we're going to talk about in episode five. Um, I know I want to put this individual on wax. I know you want to put this individual on wax. Are you ready yep. for who I want to put on wax tonight? We put on wax. I want to end episode five with putting somebody that I full-blown vouched for recently i forget what it which episode but i fully vouched for this guy i want to put drake on wax oh, put his ass on wax man i want to put drake aubrey graham on wax what what wax what's going on okay Ex- so explain to them what's going on i text you I text you Saturday afternoon around 4 30 5 30 6 30 somewhere in those hours excited and i said bro 
Drake's newest album is on Spotify. Yep. For the podcast, let's listen to the whole album. Mm-hmm. Let's rate the songs, and let's do a full review for our listeners. You said okay. You got through the whole album, correct? I got through song 1 through 22 from 0 minute all the way to the end. I listened to every second of it. I tried. <laughs> I attempted to do so. Didn't work I out. I tried. God damn it. What does that mean? From What does from, that mean? From So Far Gone. Hold on. Let's try to go through these. So Far Gone. Take Care. Yep. Um, What's the one with Marvin's Room? Uh, da, da, da. Was that um, Nothing Was the Same? Nothing Was the Same. No, that was after. Nothing Was the Same was the next one. Uh, Take Care had Marvin's Room, didn't it? No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think yeah, it did. You're right. Yeah. Um, what's the other one with the over? His first one was "Thank Me Later," right? "Thank Me No." Yeah. So so far gone. Perfect. So far gone. "Thank Me Later." Take care. Nothing was the same. If you're reading this, it's too, too late. late. Yep. What a time to be alive. Views. And now more life. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight projects. I want to announce on the On Wax podcast, bre- bre- breaking it news. was the absolute worst project I've ever heard from this guy. <laughs> yeah. Of all 22 tracks, I have zero favorites. I have zero I can vouch for. I have zero I can relate to. I have zero that made me nod my head. I had zero that made me say, man. Man, I chopped the block like man, man. Yeah. None of that. No, it was yeah. the absolute most garbage CD I've ever listened to, maybe in my life. Which is honestly <laughs> sad for me to admit, considering that he was—I just claimed him to be my one of my top two or three favorites. Yeah, you did. Um, it was absolute trash. Dude. I'm dead serious. From from every song I've ever heard on that album, and again, I got through like 13 or 14 of them. I got through the majority of it, and I was like, fuck, I can't deal with this. It's so fucking trash. I, I had asked you, I told you like, man, I might listen to it like five more times just to make sure that, yeah. you know, Good luck the, with that. the seven or eight are um, as shitty as you think they trash. are. Yeah. And you responded with, I will never listen to that CD again. Is that true? That's absolutely true, man. That CD was real fucking shitty. And I and like you said, we went through. I went through one through twenty-two, and I rated each each one. And the highest rating that I gave the CD was an eight. I mean, any song on there was an eight. And, and that was generous. And that trust was real me. I generous. I rated that same song as a six. Real generous. I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it was it was a. But it was an eight, and and I'm gonna give you why it was, why the CD was so shitty because it's it's not fair for us to say it's shitty and then not give a reason. I'm saying it's like that. I'm saying it's that because it was exactly the Drake who we have gotten, but just worse, Wor- worse lyrics, worse beats, worse worse choruses, worse, worse features. Yeah, worse features. I mean, it it just looked like he wanted to put something together just to get it out and not put the time into it because because his name's Drake, he can do whatever he wants. And like because his name's Drake, people are gonna love it. Like, no, dude, if this shit's shitty, we're gonna call this shit shitty. This was the worst damn Drake CD I've 
I've heard. And and yeah, I that, know, that's the type of project is that's going to get you off that top spot. Yeah, real quick, real quick. And Drake was my top. Big Sean's album was dope. J. Cole's album was dope. dope. Yep. The Life of Pablo or is dope. Yeah. Eminem's verses on No Favor is dope. Those are my top five. Big Sean, Eminem, Kanye, ugh, you know, had Drake on there. And those guys um, are really pressing the pedal. And if you stop and wait, you know, eight months or whatever the fuck, however long you worked on that bullshit project. Eight weeks probably? It's, it's, it sounds like eight weeks. It's a... Yeah, it's a real real letdown for a lot yeah. of the, the major Drake fans. Um, you sent me an article after we listened to it, and it seemed like a lot of people were actually excited about the CD, right? Like Dude, after listening yeah. to it, thought it was fire? Yeah, on a, I sent John an article that said, Twitter goes crazy over Drake CD. Eru- it, erupts. Erupts. And this is my point, man. Just because his name's Drake. I thought I, Drake when I was going to read that. I thought yeah. that they were going to be disappointed. Like, I right. literally looked at that. I was like, okay. Yeah, right. We're not fucking batshit crazy. This CD fucking sucks. And I read some of the tweets and I'm like, hold on. They actually think this CD is good? Right. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like, Drake can literally. Not one song. I can't vouch for one song on there. Dude, that's the thing. Because of his name, Drake could have a song where he's literally taking a shit on on the song. Like you could hear every part of the shit, and people would rate that shit ten out of ten just because it's Drake. And like he'll put some hotline bull- bling, yeah, hotline bling, yeah. He'll like put some pretty bullshit. shitty song, yeah, kind of sort of catchy but pretty shitty. Yeah, he'll like put a bullshit number one in the United States. Yeah, he can say some bullshit line like like one or two catchy line, and that makes it good. No man, that doesn't make the damn song good. The song is not good because it's not a good song. So, I mean, I think that this was a, a I, I seriously will be okay not listening to this song again. And it truly felt like there were songs on here that he made just for the radio. I mean, and that's not, I don't, I mean, come on, dude. Like, make a song that that is wider range than that. Like, he had just strictly radio songs. And, like, I even told you whenever I heard it, oh, this is a radio song, and it had that like uh, hotline bling feel to it, that really jingly type of but feel. Even those, even those weren't catchy. So no, anybody that yeah, wants to exactly. listen to the CD and want to say like, I want to see what the hype's about or what the buzz is about or, or I want to see what what I think this CD is. I'm telling you right now, this shit's fucking garbage. That shit's don't gr- waste your time. Gar- that's just um, but if you do shit. waste your time, because we wasted our time, uh, we want to know what you think about the album. Because apparently, some people do think this album's hot. Some people do think this album's dope. So um, I'm curious to know what the listeners think. If you're listening to Drake, More Life, skim through it. Listen to all 22 tracks. Do whatever you do. Let us know what you think of the album. Um, We talked about this. I'm going to bring it up. We want to know, new segment by the way, and the majority of our listeners I think are from Texas. So yep. um, we want to know what your favorite Texas rap song oh, man. is. Oh, yeah big fucking topic if, if you know me and lj growing up in smithfield texas aka screwville home of dj screw what it do s-u-c yep. screwed up click screwed up click um anybody that knows smithville anybody that knows us knows that we personally were really influenced with texas rap all around it was um, all around us yeah man 
Yeah, that's exactly. all we really we had. We were really influenced. Um, everybody that lives in Smithville, I know everybody thinks it's a real country, small town, but in reality, it is. And a lot of people do like country. But if you cross the motherfucking tracks, player, it's all S U C screwed up click. You know DJ what, dude? Screw. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I was telling Catherine the other day because we were talking about rappers, and um, you know, we were talking about like some of her favorite rappers. And uh, she was saying like Nelly. Well, like she was saying some of her favorite rappers back in high school. She was like all time. Um. Well, yeah. yeah you know, like during the time whenever you know we were we were in high school and stuff. And she was like Nelly, Fifty Cent, blah blah blah. You know, the, all those people. And, and then then she would ask me, and I would be like Paul Walker Millionaire. Yeah. And and, and I would say that the Texas <laughs> rappers. And like she didn't really understand that. But I was saying, you know, we grew up in Smithville, a small town. That was really the rap that we had. Like, like of course we could have listened to like Nelly and like radio hits like that, but we we listened to that underground rap, and that's primarily what we listened to, and that's the rap that we now, know. I, I know me and you caught a lot of backlash because we and, and and listeners don't kill us if you're from Smithville listening to this. We were we felt like we were one of the only two that we and we were vocal about it, and that probably got us in trouble. <laughs> we said we lost a lot of that friends. That we way. liked. Swish a house, the <laughs> north side. Swish a house. This is dangerous. Mike ground. Jones, Slim Thug, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire. We said we liked the Swish a house better than we liked Suc, and um, people like I don't know if they took offense, but they like fully like were just confused and were like, "What? Yeah, Big Pokey, Little Kiki, Zero. Little Flip, Zero, oh, Zero, Trey." Trey. Yeah. Uh, we won't go into it now, but you people idolize Zero and Trey in Smithville, and I know growing up we didn't we preferred Paul Walker Millionaire, yeah. the color changing click. Yeah. Get your mind correct. Get your mind correct. That's the thing. Like a lot of you listeners may not even know who we're talking about. Like some of these rappers may seem so yeah, foreign true, to you. True. <laughs> like you guys are gonna true. be like, who the fuck is a big pokey? Who the hell is a big mo? If you've heard of uh, Purple Stuff, maybe some of you... I mean, we should probably tell them some of the more popular songs. I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys have probably heard of Lil' Flip, probably. You know, Game Over, Flip, Paul Flip, Walk, Paul Wall, Walk, Mike Jones, Right and Dirty, yeah. And that was the emergence whenever the uh, the um, Houston rap was actually kind of at yeah. the forefront. Well, not at the forefront, but it was definitely rising until it fell. And now, yeah. now, now it's absolute shit. It's, it's non-existent now. I, th- I think, although the time was small, I think you can call it... We were we were on top of the rap game for a brief in the moment States yeah. for a while. For a, yeah, I would say for about a good whether, year. Or whether two. it was for uh, yeah less than maybe six months, right. Nine months, right? There was a there was a good period where Paul Walker, Millionaire, Slim Thug, Lil Flip, Mike Jones were the face of rap. It was small. small. The, the time didn't last long at all. But I I, I do think that there there was a time where, where Texas was in control of the rap game for a while. And so, again, before the episode started, we, we definitely talked about this. And we, we were arguing amongst each other on what the biggest rap song in Texas was. I'm thinking more, man, man, yeah. man, I chopped the block like man, man, man. Um, we, 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 we threw in, um, wanna be a baller, shot caller. What's the, um, got to get the yeah. hollow. Pick them boys off. I'm a 20-inch crawler, bust the left yeah. or right. I'm out of sight of throw. Switch the motor roller to a proud so cold tight. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah. switch from Motorola to a prime code phone. Yeah. Those are in it. Then you got the big mo's, the um, purple stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you got um, Bar Baby. <laughs> uh, Bar Baby. That wasn't on the radio, uh, though. Well, I don't know if that was. Then you got. Yeah, maybe. I was at the, the club, club one night. night. Who was that? 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 Big Mo, baby. M O E. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking of. um. Big Hawk, uh, he was a uh, chilling no, with my broad. Chilling with my broad, and you already know I was so oh, tight. Personal favorite. And then you, uh, of course, you know, growing up, uh, Lil Flip. I know I just said that Swish House was my favorite group, but Lil Flip was probably my favorite rapper for the longest time. Yeah, he was. He had I can do that. I spilled drink on my clothes. I can do that. That's when he was he a had, leprechaun, man. He uh, was a leprechaun back then. Yeah, the leprechaun. Yeah, there, there was no better flip than the leprechaun. Yeah, man. Uh, what was that? Um, this is the way we, we bow, yeah. and we like the floss. All my diamonds gloss. Then he, of course, he had game over and a couple hits after that. Uh, That's Paul when he Wall made the radio. Had sitting sideways, boys mm-hmm. in the days. Yep. I mean, there's too many. Of, we, we, you were talking about riding dirty with Chameleon Air. Um, my personal favorite, I think, don't put me on wax on this, and I, I might change this tomorrow, so don't hold me to it. I'll put but you I on think wax. My personal favorite, still tipping on fofos, yeah, wrapped That's in fofos, tipping cool. yeah. fofos, and I'm like, look who creeping, look who crawling, still bowling in the mix. Well, to answer the it's question, six six long, yeah, yo. I think to to uh to answer your question, I think the oh hold on real quick. Mike Jones had a ton back then. They didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all alone. Yeah, yeah, true. Slim Mike Thug Jones had a huge. run. I mean, um, the biggest Texas track in and again, I I know this is so um like objective. I know I know there's not a specific track. We just want to hear you guys your guys' opinion. Um, just to see if it's any of ours, LJ. What do you do? You have. I'm, I'm gonna say still tipping. And again, I, I realize that it's not you know an SUC screwed up sound type of song, but I think still tipping would be my personal favorite Texas rap song. Well, if we're talking about person, yeah. If if we're talking about personal favorite Texas rap song, then it would be something from uh, Get Your Mind Correct for me. Uh, prop. Probably um, in love with my money by Paul Wall Millionaire. That's my personal favorite. But in, I'm in love with my money. Yeah. But in, but in, hold up, hold up a second, man. Yeah. In terms of biggest Texas rap song, the biggest one that 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 most people would probably know, I would say "Want to Be a Baller" because everyone that that song went almost that song went national, national. True. So I would say True. that uh that uh that's the biggest Texas song, but. Texas rap is now in the ground six feet under. I wish someone would dig it up yes. and put it put it back and on the And you map. know what? Even this new Texas rap, uh, I don't like it. Like now it's like the sauce rap and there's the sauce twins. And yeah. I was watching some stuff on All-Star or Super Bowl weekend on Sway in the Morning. They had a lot of Houston rappers come up there. And oh, like they're they? all rapping about the sauce and huh. and the sauce style. It's like, eh, I'm not fucking with it. Yeah, I, I, don't, um, I, don't, I don't know that. I don't know that at all. My favorite... Up to date Texas rappers, Kirko, Kirko, Kirko Bangs, Bangs, Bang, Bang, yeah, he's, Bangs. He's, he's pretty nice with it. Yeah. Um, but you know what's funny is the OGs are still doing it, man. Slim Thug, Paul Wall. I know Chameleon's out the game. Slim, well, technically just Slim Thug and Paul Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe episode six, maybe episode seven. Before episode ten, for sure, we're gonna talk about how fucking hard 
Lil Flip hit rock bottom. <laughs> no, we're definitely yeah. gonna talk about that. Yeah, we have to talk about few. Um, but few again, that's, that's gonna be longer. That's gonna be a longer segment than what we have now. Um, B, what anything up? else you want to end us up on? Nah, man, it's been a good day, man. Um, we have to thank everyone who who um, liked us on Facebook, who left a comment, who shared, who who heard episode four. Everyone who is uh, going out, yeah, episode four and five. Actually, everyone who heard all the episodes, please go back and listen to all the episodes if you can, please. And uh, send us comments about what you like, something about, I mean, if it's something that you don't like, I mean, we'll take all comments. So for sure, just give us some feedback. And please, like this is probably the biggest, biggest thing I, I could say. If you can, go on iTunes and give us five stars and leave us a review, please. That will be enormous for us. That would be awesome. And we really appreciate it for sure. What about you, man? Yeah, what, what man, like, I, like I said on episode four, man, try to leave us six or seven stars, but if you're unable to, leave us at least five. <laughs> please try and give us six, seven, eight. I mean, just as many as you want, but if you can't, give us five at least, please. Worst case scenario, <laughs> give us five. Yeah. Um, but seriously, guys, this has been a great experience. We've heard a lot of great things, a lot of support. Um, we've got, we've already got, you know, some some iTunes reviews that we're really thankful about. Oh yeah. Um, Man, again, we have a, we had a special guest on earlier tonight. We have a special guest episode six. We're supposed to have a special guest episode Coming seven. Yeah, beyond Dawson. Man, we're excited, man. So, uh, again, episode six, third degree burn. He's gonna put us on blast. Yeah. And we'll see what we can do with our backs against the wall. Everybody else, bro, we're out. Thank you for following us on Facebook. We have a Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes. Holla at your boy. All right, guys. Check it later.